Hi, this is Jonah Tree Blosser, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And today, we'll be talking with Dr. Frank Burke about post-traumatic stress disorder right after these important messages, so stay tuned. After thousands of years, after crippling millions of children, polio will soon be stopped forever. All over the world, people are joining the men and women of Rotary to end polio now. People like Jackie Chan and Jane Goodall. We are this close. This close. People like Archbishop Desmond Tutu. This close. People like you. Be a part of history. Help Rotary end polio now at rotary.org slash end polio. We are this close. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. My name's Jonah Tree Boss, and my co-host, the lovely Sarah O'Connell, is away on vacation. And I am delighted to welcome to our Radio Rotary microphones Dr. Frank Burke, Executive Director of the PTSD Research and Recognition Project. Uh, Frank Burke, well, good morning, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Thanks very much, Jonah. So tell us, what exactly is PTSD? Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a, um, a DSM-5 uh, classified uh, you got to explain what those initials mean. A post-traumatic no. stress disorder. No, the DSM part. Oh, uh, that's a psychiatric diagnostic code book. Okay. So All it's right. an official uh, diagnostic mental health problem. All right. And uh, tell us more about it. How does it happen? How, well, how, does, some, how does someone get post-traumatic stress disorder? Um, you get traumatized. Car accident, almost eaten by a lion, have your friend blown up in front of you. Like in the military. Like in the military. I mean, that, that's basically where most of the current uh, concern is, is our military veterans. It goes back to World War I when they used to talk about shell shock, right? That's right. Uh, wasn't uh, acknowledged or recognized or accepted. So it was in the background, especially in the First World War. Uh, but through the Second World War, there's some uh, well-known incidents about that. I think you know the uh, General Patton incident. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's depicted certainly in the film Patton, where the general uh, was in a uh, tent with uh, wounded warriors and came across a young man who seemed to be physically okay, but was just falling to pieces. And uh, he took out his gloves and slapped him around and uh, threw him out of the tent, uh, which was an actual event. Uh, and Patton got severely criticized for that. He almost was relieved of command for that. That's right. Um, is that a common uh, attitude toward post-traumatic stress? Like, you know, hey, snap out of it. What's your problem? Let's get going. Uh, it's, a, it's a real dialectic in terms of uh, the, the military, even today. It, you, you have to be able to deal with fear if you're in the Army and you're in life-threatening situations. Uh, so that uh, you can't just, um, how shall I say, modern coddle people mm-hmm. with it. Uh, it's a reality, a real problem in the Army. Uh, and uh, there's a real uh, stigma with giving into it or having the problem, even today, that keeps uh, soldiers from coming forward. The Army is spending millions of dollars to destigmatize the problem, but it remains uh, among active troops in a very real way. I know those of us who grow up uh, as baby boomers, uh, our, our parents were veterans. My mother and father were both veterans. My father was a combat be- veteran, did over 30 missions over Germany. And uh, according to a much older cousin, uh, came back a very changed man and uh, had anger management problems his entire life. Uh, but 
Nobody ever did anything about it. It's just like, all right, he yells, he hollers. That's the way dads are back in the 50s. So is it fair to say that post-traumatic stress disorder, which is commonly referred to as PTSD, is the hidden problem of veterans that you know nobody wants to talk about? It. The veteran doesn't want to talk about it because it, it, it doesn't burnish the image of, you know, I'm a rough, tough veteran. Very much so. And uh, are there any... Are there any ways to diagnose it? I mean, you know, if, oh, yeah. if, if I have a stomach ache, I can go in, they can do tests, they can find out what my problem is. How do you diagnose PTSD? Uh, you have to get the subject, the client, to tell you what's going on. If they have PTSD, it's, being, uh, it's coming into their consciousness through their nightmares, mm-hmm. flashbacks, and um, emotional, either uh, hyper-anxiety or uh, hyper-emotions or hypo-emotions. So they're either very emotional or not emotional enough. Uh, it changes them that way. But they're having the nightmares and the flashbacks of the traumatic situation most of the time. And, and it could be lifelong. I know a gentleman who was a very distinguished public servant in Dutchess County who was a combat veteran of World War II. And to the day he died, well into his 80s, slept with a revolver under his pillow oh, yeah. and we wake up screaming thinking he was back in the battle of the bulge yep um interestingly enough uh my uncle was through the battle of the bulge uh-huh. captured and came back through the lines 100 miles or so um to return in january during the battle of the bulge um, i grew up with him he taught me to uh outdoor skills as a fisherman hunter and um I never, along with anyone in my family, knew what happened to him. He could not talk about right. his experience there. And that's very, very common. Yeah, I mean, ma- many people grew up with uh, veterans in their homes, and then they never spoke about the war until maybe the, the closing months of their life, they suddenly would start talking about it. Uh, our guest on Radio Rotary is Dr. Frank Burke. He is the executive director of the PTSD Research and Recognition Project. Um, doctor, tell us a little bit about your background. You're a psychologist? I'm a clinical psychologist, yeah. I was trained at the Institute of Psychiatry in London, um, got my doctorate there. And, uh, I've taught at Cornell University and worked in the field for 45, 50 years. And what got you interested in looking at PTSD, at post-traumatic stress disorder? Uh, something of an accident. Uh, I was semi-retired and called down to 9-11. And, uh, the World Trade Center. Side. The World Trade Center right. after 9-11. I took responsibility for uh, helping the rehabilitation of 850 survivors, all of whom were above the 100th floor. And I found this protocol that I had learned uh, in my clinical travels was very, very effective with uh, the, the traumatized uh, uh, people who had lived through coming down from the 100th floor to the ground mm-hmm. and survived. Now, uh, what exactly is the PTSD Research and Recognition Project? What, what is its purpose? Why was it founded? How it does w- it work? It was founded to bring uh, the, um, the protocols that are effective for treating PTSD uh, as the first um, uh, of, a, of a group of treatment protocols through the research testing and publication to what's called evidentiary medicine, to have it recognized and widely used. Right now, the treatments are very ineffective, 35% off, uh, effectiveness, oftentimes with a, a 50% dropout rate, whereas clinically what we're seeing, and even in our initial scientific research, uh, we're getting over 90% uh, removal of the PTSD symptoms in less than five hours. What, what are those? Five hours? We'll yes. get into how that's done, because that sounds amazing, but what are the symptoms? What should people be looking for? Because, you know, it may be that 
uh, we have people at home who are dealing with a returning veteran who uh, may be sullen, maybe have anger outbursts, may be disconnected. Uh, what should they be looking for? Um, or the g- veterans themselves might be realizing there's yeah. a problem. There's a lot of uh, misdiagnosis with PTSD where panic disorders, anxiety disorders, depressive disorders are being labeled as PTSD because they started overseas. But the actual symptoms, the, the definitive pieces for our work and our treatment are nightmares and flashbacks. Nightmares about the, about the combat? About the, the trauma. The, yeah, right. Okay. And flashbacks, which bring them back. Uh, I had a client I just treated in New York. He couldn't smell uh, aviation fuel uh-huh. without being startled. And he would be three or four minutes uh, back where he had been traumatized on an aircraft carrier. There's a very famous case uh, probably 30 years ago. It happened in New York City. Uh, regular says no, I'm involved in law and law enforcement. And this was a young man who was a Vietnam veteran who was skulking around Central Park thinking it was the jungles of Vietnam and that the New York City police with the Viet Cong chasing him. Yeah. Uh, that's how, that kind of flashback that puts them back there even though they're not really physically there. Uh, For someone to actually be acting it out would be not ordinary. Mm -hmm. But for someone to be walking in Central Park, for instance, and seeing um, a Vietnamese family walking up the path in the other direction and becoming terrified and looking for a place to hide would not be uncommon for a Vietnam-era veteran. Now, what kind of treatments do they give usually? Before we get – we'll get into your – philosophy and treatment in the second half of the show, but what kind of treatments are are usual that just aren't working? Are we talking about medication? Are we talking about whatever the the cliche you see in Hollywood movies of lying down on the couch and just you know, talking to the psychiatrist. What uh, the, are we talking about? Here? There's mainly three things in play at the moment. Mm-hmm. The, the major is uh, the, uh, drugs, which just don't work. They mask the problem rather than really solve it. Mm-hmm. And that can be helpful in, in some situations where the, there, there isn't a solution. Uh, the, the solutions are cognitive therapy and exposure therapy. Which is what? uh, Cognitive therapy is you're sitting down and talking about it and attempting to find uh, ways to cope with it. It works about 35% of the time at best. It doesn't get rid of the symptoms. It mollifies them. Same thing true exposure therapy, which is reliving the trauma. You can imagine what that's like going over and over reliving it. That works about 35% of the time, but only about 50% of the people get to the end of the treatment. Um, it's, it's really not very functional. And what do you subscribe to at the PTSD Research and Recognition Project? Uh, we've discovered a, uh, uh, we discovered a uh, clinical uh, protocol that actually has been around for 15 or 20 years uh, called Reconsolidation of Traumatic Memories. And over the last three years, what comes out of the, the new research in neurology validates this process, which shows that the memory is stored in a different place in the mind, in the amygdala hippocampus. And by doing uh, changes in the, uh, the storage of the imagery, it can be disconnected from the emotional response. And we're going to find out more about uh, the way you're helping veterans and others with PTSD, post-traumatic stress uh, disorder in just a moment. But first, let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois and my co-host Sarah O'Connell is away on vacation, but I have a very special guest in the studio, Dr. Frank Burke of the PTSD Research and Recognition Project. Uh, 
Radio Rotary is sponsored today by JGS, your essential partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. Call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank and Trust, your local bank for all of your personal, business, and wealth management needs. Visit them at salisburybank.com. And by the Rotary Clubs of Newburgh, New Paltz, Patterson, Pleasant Valley, and Poughkeepsie Arlington. And we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary after these important messages. It's New Paltz Rotary's Touch-A-Truck Day, Sunday, June 8th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Ulster County Fairgrounds. Touch-A-Truck allows children to see, touch, and explore their favorite big trucks and vehicles. Face painting, bounce house, and the famous cow train. Loads of fun for everyone. That's New Paltz Rotary's Touch-A-Truck Day, where kids can be kids and adults can be kids again. Sunday, June 8th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Ulster County Fairgrounds. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at salisburybank.com that's salisburybank.com salisbury bank and trust member fdic an equal housing lender salisbury bank enriching Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. My name's Jonah Trebois, and my host, Sarah O'Connell, is away this week. But I have with me in the studio a great guest, Dr. Frank Bork of the PTSD Research and Recognition Project. And we're talking about post-traumatic stress syndrome or post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, how it's recognized and how it can be treated. And Dr. Bork, tell us a little bit about the PTSD Research and Recognition Project. How did they get started? Um, Essentially, a group of professionals uh, got together realizing that these materials needed to get into the mainstream. They're much more effective than the treatments that are out there. And to do that, they had to be researched um, and proven scientifically to work. Now, uh, you have a website. Why don't you give us the website? It's researchandrecognition.org. As if it was one word, As research and recognition. Dot org, dot org. And folks, don't get a pencil and paper because we'll have uh, Dr. Frank Burke repeat that before the end of the show. Now, um, how, how are you uh, funded? Is this a government entity uh, associated with a hospital? How does this work? Right now, New York State has funded the pilot research here uh, in central New York, and we're looking for veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder to come in and be treated as a way of helping uh, get the materials recognized 
uh, and to veterans around the United States. Is there any charge for the veterans to for this treatment? On the contrary, that New York State is providing uh, the services free and uh, uh, and money also for their travel expenses to oh, come to the. Uh, and where is the, where are you located? In Middletown, New York. All right, and so it's real close by here in the Hudson Valley. So oh yes. If uh, folks at home, if there's a veteran and within the sound of my voice who you think has post-traumatic stress disorder. Or if you're a veteran yourself and you, you know you're out of sorts and you want some help, uh, go to the website uh, researchandrecognition.org. That's researchandrecognition.org. And get in touch with a great guy, Dr. Frank Burke, who uh, has your best interests at heart. Now, for those who may have joined us late, tell us once again some of the symptoms, some of the signs of post-traumatic stress disorder. And let's stress, it doesn't not only happens with veterans, but people who may be in a car wreck. Oh, yeah. you, you talked about the, the survivors of 911. Uh, t- talk a little bit. What are the, some of the symptoms? Sure. Uh, the, the symptoms are uh, avoidance of the situation and fear around it. So that you'll get people who've been in a car wreck. Whenever they come to a stop sign, they they have a flashback and they imagine the truck's coming up behind them, going to hit them again. They have a heart. Or as people on a highway have had an accident, they won't be able to drive on uh, interstates comfortably. Right. Uh, where we're focusing to start out is with uh, these three or 400, 500,000 veterans who are coming back from these recent wars and are going to uh, compromise a uh, a group much like we had after the Vietnam War, where 20, 25 years of disabled veterans, unable to work and unable to deal with uh, the nightmares, the, the problems that go uh, with PTSD without uh, drugs, alcohol, and inability to, to really function, becoming disabled. You know, you, you brought to mind a memory of mine uh, when my when I was very young, when I was a baby, my parents were in a bad car wreck. My mother was in the front, and of course, this is the days before car seats and seat belts, and uh, she was holding me in her lap. Uh, this is all family legend, I was told. And, uh, you know, the, the impact of the car wreck had her lose control of me. And uh, I apparently went out the window. It was a summer day and uh, landed on my head, which Sarah would say explains a lot. And for that day on, my mother never sat in the front of any car ever again. Yeah. Do you think that's that's what yeah. we're talking about? I, I would bet you, uh, you know, a good steak dinner that she had <laughs> PTSD re- in relationship to that seat. And, and another issue, again, to, not to continually talk about my family. My dad, as I said, did, after 32 missions uh, as a bombardier over Germany, he was shot down over Yugoslavia. And when he pulled them out of the wreckage, he never, ever set foot in an airplane again. They offered to fly him back home when he had his points and he was ready to be discharged. He took a troop ship. Uh, the times he would go down to Florida, he said, if I don't drive, I don't go. Uh, again, are we talking about probably a PTSD situation? Those are the kind of earmarks that, that mark traumatic memories, yes. So let's let's talk about a veteran who's listening here today. And he feels maybe, he or she feels they need, and I we should emphasize there are women now in combat, there are women in combat uh, facilities and, and, and combat theaters who may have post-traumatic stress. So they have are listening to Radio Rotary this morning, and they're going to go to researchandrecognition.org. That's researchandrecognition.org, and find out your contact information. They want to come in and either be tested or treated for post-traumatic stress. Let's take it from the first time they call you right through the end. What are the procedures? What are the steps? Essentially, um, we need to interview them on the phone to, to make sure that they have nightmares and flashbacks that they have the symptoms Mm -hmm. and then we bring them into middletown do a set of scientific tests uh that measure that uh, do uh, a blood analysis pre run the protocol which takes between two and four visits 
and then do the, the scientific testing at the end of it again and a blood test. So what we're doing is we're proving with the measures pre and post that this thing works as we have observed for the last 10 years clinically seeing it. Let's talk about confidentiality. You talked twice so far about a blood test. Let's say this veteran has been self-medicating either legal pharmaceuticals or illegal pharmaceuticals. If they come to you, is there a, a confidentiality? They come to you seeking to be cured? Absolutely. So even if they are using um, drugs that might not be listed? The, uh, the research is not connected to the VA or the Army or any other agencies. And mm -hmm. by um, law, we are not allowed to reveal anything except a number. So right. once a person comes in to, for the treatment, they become number whatever. Okay. And that's all they are. There's nothing communicated. It's illegal for us right. to communicate anything back to anyone. So they have, they can have walk-in anonymous, complete assurance that no matter what it is, it'll be kept confidential. You're there to help them. That's correct. Okay. So you've done all the testing and let's assume that in your professional opinion, Dr. Frank Burke, as a, as a psychologist, this person does have post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. What are some of the ways you're going to try and bring this person around so that the nightmares stop, the flashbacks stop, and they can function again in society? Well, the important components are that, of course, it's, there's no, there are no drugs involved. Right. And that the procedure, unlike a lot of the other procedures the VA are using now, is non-traumatizing. In order to work, the, 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 the veteran has to stay calm and relaxed. Mm -hmm. And what essentially is happening is, while they're calm and relaxed, the memory of the trauma that they have, for instance, your mother in the front seat of that right. car, that will have a, a specific set of pictures, etc., are played with while they're relaxed in a way that dissociates those pictures from uh, the feelings of terror. When you're done with the procedure, your mother can talk about the uh, the accident in a way she hasn't. Mm -hmm. Your father would be able to talk about uh, the the, uh, the trauma from the plane, and they would be able to go to those places, uh, the front seat of the car, into a plane with with no fear uh, being elicited. Now, you you said in the first part of the show that you actually had somebody getting better within five hours. Is that normal, or is it we're talking oh, yeah. about weeks and months? No, uh, and, and that's why, you understand, I'm not selling anything. We are a not-for-profit. Right. I'm not asking you to believe that. I'm asking you to help me get uh, the support to have this thing researched so that that, which is what we're seeing, mm -hmm. can be believed by people. It's astounding in terms of uh, the severity of the condition. Uh, but at the same time, that clinical value... Uh, it, it's a sin not to get this into play quickly. We need it badly nationally. So if there are Rotary Clubs out there who want to help financially, if there are American Legion and BFW, Jewish War Veterans, Catholic War Veterans who want to help, organizations who want to uh, contribute uh, volunteers or, or perhaps uh, some monetary contribution, can they find out that information on the website? Yes. Uh, that's the two things. We need, at this point, veterans with PTSD to participate in the treatment, and we need uh, funds. To, to do the research. And the website is researchandrecognition.org. Are we only looking for current uh, veterans from Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, or are we looking for also Korea, Vietnam, even some World War II veterans in their 80s and 90s may still be suffering? The first uh, five guys through the, the treatment in Middletown were Vietnam veterans. Uh, one of them sat there three weeks ago saying, in absolute amazement, when we asked him to explain to us what had happened, he said, and he did. And we stopped him halfway through and said, how do you feel about this? 
and he did three or four double takes and then said, I haven't been able to talk about this for 38 years. What has happened to me? I have a professional colleague who's a Vietnam veteran who has no problem being on call at night because he says, I don't sleep anyway. Yeah. Because as, as you say, even 30, 40 years after his service in Vietnam, he still wakes up screaming. The people living with this pain are, 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 are numerous, uh, and the treatment is uh, really effective. Dr. Frank Burke of the PTSD Research and Recognition Project, I want you to talk one-on-one right now to a family member who's listening to Radio Rotary this morning or to a veteran. Let them know that you are there to help them. Give them, and unfortunately we only have about 30 seconds, give them a reason to call you. Um, 30 years of pain avoided, both to yourself and to your family. Dr. Frank Burke of the PTSD Research and Recognition Project, thank you for everything you're doing for our veterans and others who suffer from post-traumatic stress, and thank you for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Thank you. And don't forget, folks, the website is researchandrecognition.org. And we also want to thank our sponsors, JGS, your essential partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. Call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank & Trust, your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at salisburybank.com. And by the participating Rotary Clubs of Rhinebeck, Red Hook, Southern Ulster, Walkle East, and Warkill Valley. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell, our engineer Jay Verzi, and our producer Sue Naglary, this is Jonah Trebowasa. Thank you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And look us up on our website, radiorotary.org. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to shelterboxusa.org. That's shelterboxusa.org.